That was good. I like that. Hey, I, I want y'all to know this. Uh, we, we, have, we have added a, a new uh, staff member at the Remnant Church. Her name is Jasmine Gonzalez. If you haven't met her, she's right over there. Right over there with Dalty Bun. And so, uh, I'll just mess with her. So Jasmine is learning all this stuff. She made that entire video, y'all. She made that entire video. Y'all are out of control. This is ridiculous. Oh, no, we're good. We're good. This is, uh, y'all just ignore Howard. I don't even know what to do with him. I love him. Uh, hey, so, so yeah, that, I'm, I'm really excited. When I see that, you don't even understand, like, that's a big deal. Like, we, we've got, she's doing all kinds of stuff. So y'all, y'all pray for her. I think God is up to some super big things in her life. And so, uh, before I get going, uh, that was a phenomenal time in the presence of God. And I think that's a really good way to start your new year. Amen. In the house of God, in the presence of God. And uh, what a privilege it is to be able to worship Jesus. And, and, but before I get to preaching, I wanted to honor some folks today. Uh, there they are in the front row. Don and Maricel Mashmeyer here. And we love Don and Maricel. They're old school from the way back, Remnant Church. And, uh, but y'all, today they are celebrating 50 years. And yesterday they celebrated 50 years of marriage. 50 years. Look at Don, he's worshiping. I can't tell if he's thankful or if he's begging for mercy. I didn't know what it was. 50 years. Howard, we're on our way. 50 years. Lord, let me see 50 years. Amen. That is awesome. Love Donna Marisol so much. Rachel is cleaning out uh, our, our attic, right? It really wasn't that dirty to begin with, but that's what she does. And so uh, now we have everything in clear tubs with visible labels. We know what everything, we know what is in it. It's incredible. Uh, so, so, but she was going through a lot of our old stuff and, you know, you pack away stuff and you get it out and it's kind of neat to look at it and, and, but one of the things she found was, you know, we've really gone through a lot of difficulty over the course of our marriage. There's been a lot of difficult, trying seasons, and uh, through every single one of those seasons, we have a card from Donna Marisol Mashmeyer telling us that they love us, that they're encouraging us. And so I'm, t- I'm telling you, she's got a stack of them, so we love you all and appreciate you all so much. Uh, and I'm excited about 50 years. And I'm excited about more than that because I believe their best days are in front of them. Amen. You believe that? You believe our best days are in front of us? If not, I just want to go home. I'm ready. I'm telling you, if I die today, I'm going to heaven. It would not be the worst thing that could happen. I'm serious. Would not be the worst thing that can happen. But I do believe, uh, like Paul, Paul's like, you know, I kind of want to go, but I kind of think it'd be better for y'all to stay. And so I think there's a few people that it may be better if I stick around a little longer uh, if the Lord sees fit. Amen. So we're here. We're here. I couldn't think of a good title today for the message. And so I, I settled with this. It wasn't my, f- you know, a lot of times, and Pastor knows what I'm talking about. When you're working, you, you work from a title a lot of times. You get a good title, you got a good message. Good, just because you got a message, with, with, if you got a message and it doesn't have a great title, the jury's still out. 
right? But if you've got a good title, it, it doesn't even matter. It's going to be a good message. So, so this isn't uh, my favorite title, and, but it's what I came up with. Because sometimes you get stuck on the title, and you're like, I just need to move on, right? And so I moved on. So we're dealing with disappointment today. Happy 2021. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to deal with disappointment. Dealing with disappointment. And I think if we could uh, describe 2020 in a word... There's probably a lot of words that you would describe it, but uh, I think disappointment might be an appropriate word, right? You say, well, not me. Well, if you were a senior in high school last year, some disappointment. Graduation, disappointment. Prom, disappointment. You know, I mean, just, just, it was just kind of like a, and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I'm going to move on from the disappointment, right? We're going to deal with it. I'm dealing with this thing. And, you know, it just, it was, it was, there was a lot of disappointment. You know, we were disappointed. Uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, it impacted them uh, negatively financially. A lot of people lost businesses. And, and uh, you know, it, it just, it just was a, it, it was a lot of disappointment. You know what I mean? Things, things didn't exactly turn out the way. If you would have told me on January 3rd, 2020, what would have taken place over the last year, I would have called you a liar. I would have said, there ain't no way. We're heading, I mean, there ain't no way. But it's, it's just really, it's been a kind of a dis- disappointing uh, to, to, to see a lot of disappointment. Disappointed in people, disappointed in our government, right? Disappointed in, 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 in leaders and and uh, disappointed in friends because you saw what they put on Facebook and you, now you know where their heart really is. I got off social media on October 27th and I got back on New Year's. So I celebrated by jumping back into the cesspool. So here we go. Aren't you good? No, it's fun. Uh, I miss, really honestly, I'm, I miss seeing all of y'all. So uh, I'm, I'm back in it to win it. It's been a, a disappointment, right? And if, you, if you're disappointed in something, you've got to, to be able to. Disappointment, it, it, another title I thought about doing this was, I, I didn't, I, I was almost named it, I didn't think it was going to be like this. A lot of us, that describes our lives. You're like, 2020, psh, how about the last 50 years of my life? I didn't think it was going to be like this. What a disappointment, right? Rachel going through our attic. We've experienced a lot of disappointment. Didn't think, I didn't think it was going to be exactly like this. You know, I envisioned something a, a, a little more spectacular. Where are my people at? Right? I thought, I thought marriage was just going to be a tad different than this. When, when, when I signed up for it, I feel, I feel like I'm not even preaching to the same people. I'm preaching to my wife. And then if you're like me, you get lucky. It's even better than you thought. So, you know what I mean? No, no I'm just kidding. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, how about having kids? How many of you were like, you know, I thought it was going to be a little bit different than this. You know? Children are a blessing from the Lord. And so, but you know, there's, there's always an expectation, 
right? And then there's reality. There's all these memes. I asked Jasmine to get me a couple of memes so we could talk about expectation versus reality. And so, so can we put a few of those up? You know, sometimes there's, there's what we think it's going to be like. Y'all can tell I didn't pick it because I don't have side braids. But that's awesome. That is awesome. Right? You know, you wanted one thing and then it turned out to, to be another. What else we got? That's, that's really good. You know, you, yeah, sleeping with a pet. I thought of Terry and Rennie when I saw that. They got that. That's good. My dogs, if my dogs got my bed, they would lose their life. What is wrong with you sickos? You got the dog in your bed. Are you kidding? Bastard. Biscuit, own, Biscuit owns the house. I've already seen it. All right, so here we go. Expectations versus reality. Yeah. <laughs> you ever made a snowman? Never works out. What do we, what do we got? That's all of them? Oh, please. Anybody in here ever had kids? Wow, is that a double? Triple. Oh, Lord, I'm sinning right now. All right, so, so you, know, you know, I just, just wanted to kind of, like, I thought 2020, I thought my life, I thought my marriage, I thought parenting, I thought the job, I, I, I thought things were going to be a little different than they actually turned out to be, right? Our, life turns, our, our lives maybe turned out to be a Snoop Dogg with some side braids <laughs> instead of what we actually thought they were going to be. And there's a story that I want to read out of uh, 2 Kings, if you have your Bible. We're going to read an entire story out of the Bible. I'm really into reading the Bible. Are you into reading the Bible? I love it. I love the Word of God. 2 Kings chapter 5. You know, I read my Bible digitally too, but you should, I think you should get a paper copy. Have you a paper copy somewhere you can read it and touch it and smell it? Mmm. Mmm. Love it. The Word of God. 2 Kings chapter 5. Expectation versus reality. We're going to deal with some disappointment. We're talking about Naaman. Naaman, they're all good stories. Read your Bible. These are incredible stories. Naaman. It says, now Naaman was the commander of the army of the king of Aram, which was Syria. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given given victory to Aram He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Everybody say, but. But But he had leprosy. I read that and I thought, you know, I kind of feel, I I felt like that before. Like I'm all that in a bag of chips, but I just have this one little thing that I can't shake. Where are my people at? You know what I mean? Like, Like I would have it all together, but there's just this little thing. You know, I, I used to think I, I used to think very similar to that. I think, you know, if I could just lose weight. There's a hard subject to address after the holidays. You know, if I could just lose weight, then 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 I, then I would have my entire life together. Okay, I gotta read the story. I gotta quit preaching. Anybody got that? 
you know, but I, I, I'm, I'm a pretty decent person. But uh, this little this little thing. Now, bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel. So uh, Syrian Israel, they would fight. And, and they had taken this slave, uh, this girl captive in Israel. She was their slave. She served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of leprosy. I love this girl. Naaman went to his master, the king of Syria, and he told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means, go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. The The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that he, you may cure him of leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? What does this fellow send? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. When Elisha, the man of God heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with the horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord and wave his hand over me in the spot uh, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of D- Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash them and be cleansed? And he turned and went off in a rage. So Naaman's servants went to him and, and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times. If I was writing the Bible, my version would say, he started dipping and stopped tripping. (laughs) He went down and dipped in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. How many of y'all want some of that skin again? Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God He stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. The prophet answered, As surely as the Lord lives, whom I serve, I will not accept a thing. And even though he refused, Naaman urged him. But he he refused. If you will not, said Naaman, please let me, your servant, be given as much earth as a pair of mules can carry. For your servant will never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to any other God but the Lord. Wow. Now, 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 this is kind of a weird thing, but the reason he wanted earth is, is uh, Naaman was a polytheist, meaning he, he worshipped a lot of gods, right? It's kind of like you got a lot of those in America. He worshipped all these gods. And, and their belief was that, that when you worshipped a different god, it had to be worshipped on the ground where that God had originated. So you couldn't just worship 
the, the sun god anywhere, right? You had to take some of the earth from where it was and use that earth to build an altar on that earth. So Naaman was taking that mindset and saying, now I'm going to worship the God of Israel and I'm only going to worship him. So I've got to take some of the earth back with me so I can build an altar. Y'all with me? That's why he said that strange uh, thing. I thought that was interesting. But may the Lord forgive your servant for this one thing. When my master enters the temple of Ramon to bow down and he is leaning on my arm, I have to bow there also. And when I bowed in the temple of Ramon, may the Lord forgive your servant for this. Go in peace, Elisha said. It's a good story, huh? Did, did I lose you halfway through the story? Y'all, y'all there? Such a, such a good story. And, and, and I thought it illustrated this idea of dealing with disappointment so well. Because here Naaman is with this leprosy, his servant girl from Israel tells him, go, go, go to this prophet and he'll cure you. And so Naaman's like, hey, I've tried everything else, right? I tried the topical creams. I, I, I tried the, 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 you know, all the, all the gods that I worship. None of them came through. Let's go try this one. So he goes down there and I love what Elisha does. I love what God does through Elisha. It's, it's this incredible experience, this interaction that he has. Naaman, now Naaman's somebody. You gotta understand, Naaman, Naaman is like the number two dude in Syria. I mean, only the king is above Naaman. He's traveling with an entourage. He's got money in his pocket. And he shows up to Elisha's house and he thinks Elisha's gonna come out and treat him the way he thinks he should be treated. And Elisha doesn't even, Elisha's taking a bubble bath. I'm serious. Elisha is like, he's, he's chilling somewhere else. And he tells one of the servants, one of the messengers, he says, just go tell him to wash in the Jordan seven times and he'll be better. And Naaman is so insulted by this. And, and, I, and I, I recognized in this that our disappointments come from really the three areas that Naaman was disappointed. He, he, Naaman was disappointed with who came to the door, what, I'm sorry, how he was supposed to get healed and where it was supposed to take place. He was disappointed with who? He was disappointed with how? And he was disappointed with where? And I think if you took all of our life disappointments all of the things that didn't turn out quite like we expected, they would fit into one of those three categories. They were a who, it was a how, or it was a where. When I say was, maybe it is a who. Maybe it is how, and maybe it is where. You know, I've been, I had several nieces and uh, nephews graduate from high school Last year, and I think one of two, two of the greatest awakenings that we can have in life are when we graduate from high school, it's like we have all these things. You know what I'm talking about? The way it's going to be, the way it's all going to work out. And, and, and then you get a few months, a, a year or two down the road, and you're like, man, this just, this is different than the movie that I had played in my mind. You know what I mean? And then for me, the other one was having children. And, and it's just like this, this, this awakening of, oh my God, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. 
This isn't what I thought it was going to be. This is hard. There's no sleep. There's no rest. There's no peace. There's, there's nothing anymore. Okay, I'm, I'm dealing with it. Right? There's these great awakenings in your life. And Naaman, he has one of these great awakenings when, when it doesn't turn out like he thought it was. And, and, I, and when you think about disappointments, I think 2020 is, is way too small to, to wrap up all our disappointments in. I mean, don't blame it all on 2020. Because there was 2019. And then there was 2018. Did you forget about 2017? Come on, we can't blame it all on one year. My life is bigger than a pandemic. I've lived through more hell than one year. I feel like, you say, Kobe, you're really being a Debbie Downer. No, I'm trying to get you ready for 2021. (laughs) You say, but it's going to be your best year yet. There's no doubt. God is a God of increase. God is a God that's not limited by calendar years. God is a God that has our best interests at heart. It's going to be fantastic. But who are the who's in your life? Who are the who's in your life? Did you wake up this morning and look at the person laying next to you and go, good God. Leroy's blessed. Right? Did you wake up and, 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 and all the things in your life have unfolded exactly how you thought they were going to unfold? Did you wake up exactly where you thought you would be? Reality versus expectation. God loves reality. He loves it. I love Naaman's response to... Uh, to the disappointment of, he, he's just like, man, Elisha's going to come out and he's going to, right? I don't know what he thought he was going to do. I don't know what he thought he was going to do. And, and, and he's so angry. I mean, he was so insulted. Are you kidding me? Go wash in the Jordan River? Were those dirty Israelites wash? Are you kidding me? You understand, this is a bitter, bitter relationship here. But you know what's so cool about Syria is God uses these, this Gentile nation in such a way to, to, to humble and teach Israel. He actually anointed people in Syria to teach the Jews, to, to help the Jews return to God. And so, so, but Naaman's just like, are you kidding me? Wash in the Jordan River seven times. You have insulted. You have insulted everything about the way I thought this was going to be. There was an expectation and there was reality. There was a lot of disappointment. I love his response. His response is an intense emotional response. Because that's how we deal with disappointment. It says that he went away in rage. He was so angry, right? It's like when my kids come ask me, hey, can we watch another show? No. Ah! They go away just like Naaman did. 
hey, can I have $20? No. Ah! Right? Naaman is enraged. This didn't go the way he thought it was going to go. And I think a lot of us, we live in this deep disappointment that, that life has not gone the way we thought it was going to go. We wake up and we're, we're in a season, we're in a place in our lives where we're like, man, I didn't think it was going to be like this. And there's this deep emotional response that that demands. And Naaman was enraged. He withdrew. He gave up. He returned back to where he came from. I'm about to. I'm telling you, the enemy's doing everything he can do to keep you from taking the next step forward. To keep you from from trusting God with the next step. The pride, the vain imaginations that we have created in our minds, the promises that we promised ourselves that God never promised us, because really, truly, all disappointment is rooted in our deep disappointment, our controversy that we have with God, because if anybody could have kept it from being like this, it's God because he's sovereign. So you want to get to the bottom of, of the rage that you're feeling, it's with the Lord himself. If anybody could have stopped a pandemic, who would it have been? But he didn't. If anybody could stop the tomfoolery in our government, it it would be God. If anybody could have kept your first wife from, it would have been. If anybody could have kept that loved one here a little longer, it would have been God. The deep controversy and disappointment that we have, the reason there's so much rage, the reason we're having trouble taking the next step into our future with God because I think we're this disappointment it has to do with the Lord I thought I was going to be financially blessed Some of y'all hitting your knees, worshiping the Lord that you're getting another stimulus. Right? It's not taxable, but it's tithable. Here we go. So so we're, we're just moving on. We're just walking with the Lord. Right? Uh, I'm, I'm going to not talk about the stimulus anymore. <laughs> I'm going to go on from the stimulus. We all, how many of y'all bought something stupid with your stimulus check first time? No, don't raise your hand. I'm just kidding. We might have bought two donkeys, but anyways, so, <laughs> so forgive me. So, so here we go. What was I talking about? Naaman's emotional response. Right, it's this rage. And you know what I think it is? It, it, what, I th- what I think it is, because he's enraged, he's disappointed, it didn't turn out like he thought it was. And, and there's this deep emotional response. And, and you know, when things don't turn out the way we thought they would, there's this process that has to take place, and it's called grief. See, I think a lot of us want to just move on from 2021. We just want to move on from, from the ex, uh, ex-spouse. We just want to move on from our, 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 somebody we loved and cared for deeply. They've passed away. We just, want to, we, just want to, we just want to zoom on through it. 
We want to move on through all the pain. We just want to just, let's just go. Let's just forget about it. But there's this thing called grief, and I think it's what Naaman was experiencing. Because grief is a product of unfulfilled expectation. When something doesn't go the way I imagined it going, I have to grieve the loss of what I had imagined. Listen, grief, the Mayo Clinic uh, defines grief as this, the normal process of reacting to a loss accompanied by an emotional response of anger, guilt, anxiety, sadness, and despair. See, because there, there's, there's two parts of grieving. If, if, someone, if someone we love passes away, there's the grief of the actual physical loss of their presence. We, we've lost this thing. And then you know what? You, you know what I've seen after, after doing several funerals over the years? Every single time I do a funeral and sit down with the family, every single time I hear the same things. We were going to, go on a vacation next spring. I thought that I was going to have the chance to, I, I, I had always imagined us growing old together. I thought, I thought that it was going to be one way, but it turned out being another way because the other side of grief, it's the loss of the physical, physical presence of, of, of what we've lost. And then it's the, it's, it's the loss of, of, of an entire imagination that we had created. You have to grieve what you thought would be. You, listen, we've all, I've created an entire life with Rachel that goes beyond today. I've created an entire life with my children that goes beyond today. So if I was to lose one of them, I wouldn't just have to grieve the fact that they're gone. I would have to grieve the fact that I don't get what I thought I was going to get. That's disappointment. Grief is the product of unfulfilled expectation. Naaman doesn't get what he thought he should get and it doesn't happen the way he thought it should happen. It didn't happen where he thought it should happen. It didn't happen with who he thought it should happen. And he's angry. He's in despair. He gives up. He quits. He walks away. Grief. we've got to allow the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, only the Holy Spirit can do this in us. There is healing power in the cross of Jesus Christ. You know what the scripture says about grief? This is so good. This is so good. It's such a great promise from our Father. Isaiah 53, 3 through 4. It's talking about Jesus. Isaiah is prophesying Jesus' death on the cross and, and what it's going to mean for us. It says, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. I'm telling you something. There, has, there is nobody that knows your grief. There is nobody that has tasted your disappointment like Jesus has. He was acquainted with grief. And as we hid And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Verse four, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. We've talked about the cross being 
forgiveness of sin. How many of y'all are grateful for the forgiveness of sin? We've talked about the cross being the place where by his stripes we are Nobody ever says that this is the place that, that, that he was so grieved and, and he didn't just take his own grief. He took the grief, the disappointment, the unfulfilled expectation of the entire world. He bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. If you are hurting today, if you are disappointed today, if you woke up with someone you can't believe you woke up with, if you woke up how you can't believe you woke up, if you woke up where you can't believe you woke up, I want to introduce you to Jesus and I want to carry you over to the cross and say here's the one who bore your griefs you can't bear it alone can i tell you something you don't just get over it jesus carries it for us the very one that we're disappointed in and walking away from is the very one that has the prescribed medicine to heal our hearts don't walk away from jesus in 2021 don't walk away. Come on. If, if I'm going to resolve to do something, let it be. I, I'm, listen to me. You may not be all right in your head right now. You might still be mad. You might still, listen, you might still be disappointed. But if, I, if I'm going to, I'm just going to, uh, Father, give me the grace to stay in your house in 2021. Amen. Give me the grace. I'm telling you what, the more you hang around the cross of Jesus, the more his burden becomes light and his yoke becomes easy and his life becomes yours. Amen? I love it. Naaman's decided, he started to quit tripping, start dipping. Isn't that good? He quit tripping. Let me tell you something, quit tripping. Just jump into Jesus. Say, but I don't like who he's got me with. Just jump into Jesus. I don't like how all this is playing out. Just jump into Jesus. Dip seven times. Don't stop on the first one. And stay under to just stay under for a long time. Each one. Till you almost pass out. Then get back up. Do that when I baptize people sometimes. When you know, you're like, ooh, this one. Baptism Sunday is next Sunday and there are people in this room. No, I'm serious. I will hold you down for as long as it takes. There are people in this room, you know in your heart, your next step with him is through baptism, through a public show of profession of your faith, through, an admittance that there, through an, uh, admitting that there is no other way to live your life except through Jesus Christ and you need to be in the water next week. Amen? Get in that water. Is that next week? Oh, good. I got the date right. If we stay with God through disappointment, there's always something to discover. There are discoveries in your disappointment. I'm telling you, there's so much that God wants to show us, that God wants to do. And, and I just want to talk about three quick things that Naaman discovered in his, and then we're going to make a declaration over 2021. Y'all with me? We're going to make a declaration that 2021, no matter, listen to me, this declaration is so good and it's so powerful that it won't depend on, on whether 2021 is, is a great year or a bad year. Whether the pandemic withers away or whether it rages strong, whether the stock market soars or whether it crashes. Listen to me, it won't matter. Not, we're, we're fixing to make a declaration over 2021. 
Three things Naaman discovered in his disappointment. The first thing that he discovered was that his butt was not big enough. Look at somebody and say, you got to get a bigger butt. I know what you're thinking right now. I can't handle any more junk in the trunk. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You need a bigger butt. You need a bigger butt. See, Naaman's, one of Naaman's biggest issues and the reason God leads him down this road of disappointment was so that he could figure out his butt wasn't big enough. Verse, chapter five, verse one. Now, Naaman was the commander of the army and the king of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him, the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. His butt wasn't big enough. Naaman's over here in his pride and his arrogance thinking that the only problem he's got is a skin disease. No, that was the least of his worries. That was the least of his worries. Can I tell you what I discovered? My weight was the least of my worries. Some of you are so condemned in here, and I know where you are because I've done it to myself. You're so condemned about the, the, the way people look at you on the outside. You're like, if I could just lose 20 pounds, I would be, I'm telling you, I'd be God's gift to the earth. <laughs> guys be real how I thought. Y'all can say, he had way bigger problems. <laughs> right? So if, if I could just, if I could just quit, quit doing my little side game over here on the computer at two o'clock in the morning, then I would be God's gift to the earth. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have talked about that. Let's talk about something else. Right? If I can, I just got this, we all think of this one thing, right? If I just get this one thing straight, then I'm telling you, I'm going to be, oh, yeah. So we go after this one thing. You need a bigger butt. I'm talking Kim Kardashian. I'm talking. Was that too far? Rowdy, are you with me? Okay, David, I'm sorry. There's kids in the room. I'm t- listen, listen. It turns out that leprosy wasn't Naaman's biggest problem. Because of disappointment, he discovered that he was a lost, privileged, prideful Gentile that deserved what he had coming to him. Aren't you encouraged to step into 2021? I'm telling you, my prayer over you in 2021 is you discover the wretched, filthy mess that you actually are outside of Christ. Your weight isn't your problem. Your little side sin's not your problem. Your wandering eyes are not your problem. The condition of your heart towards God, I'm telling you, it is deep. It is powerful. It is called sin. S-I-N. And it is separating us from the will of God. Naaman had a big problem. It was bigger than leprosy. I love it. You know, we're, we're all, we, we all want to, 
I, I've preached the same message about, you know, you've you got to get rid of your butt. You know what I mean? Like, I would do this, but I'm just not tall enough. I'm just not strong enough. I'm just not, right? So that's good for excuses and stuff like that. But I'm telling you, we, we have to have a revelation of who we are outside of Christ. Because when you see it, when you see it, you are going to know why Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Because you're like, I'm, I'm, I ain't going nowhere without my cross. I ain't going nowhere without this thing because I, I, I am a wretched, filthy mess outside of the cross of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus is the only thing that makes me anything. It's no, there is nothing within me. Got to have a bigger butt. I'm telling you, I'm praying for that thing to just blow up. Listen, Naaman's butt was so big that Jesus even used it, check this out, in a sermon, in his first sermon, first sermon Jesus ever preaches. He uses Naaman's butt as an illustration to describe the enormity of his ministry. True story, Rock! Jesus, in in Luke chapter 4, he comes out of the wilderness, he's tempted of the devil, and he goes to church. And he reads the scroll, and he opens it up to Isaiah, and he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captive free, to proclaim the favor, the year of the favor of God. And he sits back down, and he says, today, what I just said has been fulfilled in your ears. And all the Pharisees and the religious people look around and they're like, are you kidding me? That is Jojo's boy. That is Joseph's son. Why is he talking like that? And then Jesus says, don't you know that there was a whole lot of lepers in Israel during Elisha's time? And not one of them got healed. See, Jesus is fixing to blow their mind. He's saying, I'm, I'm, I'm coming for more than just you religious people who think you know a lot about me. I'm coming for everyone. And let me show you how I'm going to do it. Oh, it's tick the religious people off. He says, remember Naaman? Naaman thought he had leprosy, but let me tell you, listen, weren't weren't there so many lepers in Israel at the time of Elisha? He said, but only one got healed and he wasn't from Israel. He was an outsider. But I invited him in and he's the one that got healed. I am telling you, Jesus describes the size of Naaman's butt right there. It was, he was totally undeserving. He did not earn it. He couldn't, he had done nothing for it. As a matter of fact, he had lived his whole life against it. Yet by the goodness and the grace of God, he invites Naaman in to be cured and healed, even though there's nothing that he did to deserve it. That is us. That is, we are Naaman. We're Gentiles. We're outsiders. We were outcasts. We were against God. We were, the scripture says, enemies of God. But in his goodness and his grace, he invites us into this whole and pure life with him. Naaman, it's bigger than your leprosy, bro. You don't, you're not even a Jew. You're an outsider and I'm inviting you into my love. Jesus describes this to the, Pharisees, and it says they were so mad at him. They were so mad that the outsiders were going to get invited. 
that they wanted to throw him off a cliff. That's his first sermon. Can you imagine I getting done preaching today and y'all are like, mm-mm. Take him to the bluff. Going to Monument Hill. Throwing him off. Can you imagine? Because they were so angry that Jesus would invite in outsiders. Father, let us see that we were outsiders, only invited in by your grace and goodness and mercy. We didn't deserve it. It's only by the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all unrighteousness that we can sit in the house of God today. Let us see how unworthy we are. I would keep preaching. I could stop right there, but I'll, I'll keep going. The Apostle Paul knew how big his butt was. He said, he said uh, of all the sinners, I'll, it's in 1 Timothy 1.15. He said, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of who I am chief. He's like, y'all, there ain't nobody worse than me. There is nobody more undeserving than me. I get mad if I started calling you out and saying, Eloy, there's nobody more undeserving than you. You wretched pile of filth. I say that to him because I think he's my friend now. He would have beat me up a few years ago. (laughs) There's nobody more undeserving than you. There is nobody. I am chief sinner. But the goodness of God, the the, the potency of the blood of Jesus. Listen to me, I don't care if you've never said a cuss word. I don't care if you think you're the greatest thing, all that in a bag of chips person. Or I don't care if you are just crawled out from under the bridge and you're high on crack. Jesus came for you. You are undeserving and unworthy. I don't care how good you are, how bad you are. He took care of it all on the cross and is inviting you into this life. Amen? Amen. Naaman discovered, I'm telling you, disappointment is for discoveries. Naaman discovered that his butt wasn't big enough and he discovered that God was not after his happiness. I used to think that God's number one priority was to keep me happy. Right? Isn't that the gospel that was preached for, for, for so long? Come to Jesus and everything will work out great for you. We invented a God that loves to make us happy. But God is a father. I'm a father. And I don't know if he fathers different than me. But I've discovered with my children that what's best for them doesn't always make them happy. Where, where are the parents at? Where are y'all at? Right? Yeah. Okay. I have discovered with my children that what's best for them isn't always what makes them like me. As a matter of fact, a lot of times what's best for them makes them despise me. Right? This is, this is the way God fathers. He disciplines those who he loves. God is not after our happiness. God is after our hearts. He's after us. Naaman wanted to be healed, but God wanted him whole. 
He didn't just want Naaman going home without some sores on his skin. He wanted Naaman going home with a completely whole and healed heart that's ready to serve him. God did not set him up to set himself up just to serve Naaman. He wanted his serving Naaman to turn around so Naaman would serve him. Mm. God was willing to allow Naaman to experience disappointment so that he could get his son. Isn't it crazy to see Naaman literally, he abandons all other gods through disappointment. Had Elisha come out and and bowed down and done everything that that Naaman thought should have been done, he would have went home and thought, that's right, you better heal me because I'm the stuff. Right? But instead, he walks through disappointment. He almost walks away in the middle of his disappointment. Almost walks away. How many people have walked away because God didn't come through the way they thought he should? He almost walked away. But you know who the real heroes, and this isn't even part of the sermon, you know who the real heroes are in the sermon? And this is why I, 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 look at, I look out here and I think I'm sitting in a room full of heroes. I look in this story, the, the, the people that fought for the will of God in this story, wasn't the king of Israel, wasn't Naaman, wasn't all the important people in the story, it was a slave servant girl who said, I know somebody in Israel, I, if, if, he, if we can get him over, a slave servant girl. You talk about living in disappointment, she didn't let the disappointment of her life stop her from her destiny, from her assignment. A slave servant girl says, if my master can get to Israel, I know somebody who can heal him. You know who else was a hero in this story? Elisha sends a servant to the door. These people that are seemingly insignificant, but they obey God and God uses them in massive, mighty ways. That is us, church. We're not insignificant. We're not nobody. You're not nobody. LaGrange isn't nothing. The remnant church isn't nothing. I'm telling you, God can use us to do something powerful in this world. We're here for such a time as this. We see 2021 because God has assigned us to be here. the servants it's the servants Naaman walks away I'm done I'm done with this stupid Elisha prophet in Israel my my slave girl back home she got it wrong I'm out of here you know who show you, you know you know hey 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 Naaman come here bro come here his servants went up to him the nobodies. We don't even get their names. I don't care about people knowing my name if they know his name. This is, this, is, this is about making Jesus famous. Come on, Naaman. Naaman, Naaman, bro, 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 bro. Come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Naaman, just do what he says, man. Dude, I don't care if he says go roll around in dog mess. You do it. What have you got to lose? Do it. And Naaman says, fine. We've got a slave girl, we've got a messenger, and we've got some servants that make this story happen. 
and they all did it despite the disappointments in their lives. God's happiness wasn't, Naaman's happiness wasn't God's goal. Making Naaman whole was God's goal. And he had to allow him to walk through disappointment so that he could get there. I'm telling you, there are discoveries in the deepest, darkest seasons of our lives. God is wanting to make himself real to us, not just by being Santa Claus, but he wants to make himself real to us in the places that we finally get to the point to where we say, Father, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour. I know it's better when Kristen sings it. But I don't care. I just want to lose my mind when we sing it. I need you. 2020 taught me anything. Is I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Last thing I taught him, the praise team can come. Naaman discovered where to place his expectation. If we don't misplace our expectation, then disappointment won't be able to own us. If 2020 taught us anything, it's that we can't place our expectation in a calendar year, in a government, in a job, in people. Our expectation is in the Lord. You say, how can I be have my expectation in the Lord when I'm, I'm actually sitting there blaming him for the condition of my life. Isn't it crazy that God is okay with us misunderstanding him completely? It, Don, it doesn't even faze him. He just waits patiently. Oh, there's a discovery coming their way. And when they see it, it is going to blow their minds. He discovered, Naaman discovered where to place his expectation. Psalm 62, 5 says, My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. My expectation is from God. He alone, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock, of my strength. Do y'all, do y'all see the theme here? Yeah. And my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. In 2021, our expectation is going to be in him. Amen. It's, it's, it's not in the way things are going to work out. Let me tell you something. I don't have a clue what this is all going to look like. But we're going to stand up on January 3rd next year and go, man, thank God. We didn't depend on a government. We didn't, we didn't depend on, 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 on all the people in our lives to, to, to do everything just right so, so, so that we're happy. We didn't depend on, on we, we placed our expectation in God. You know, we talked about grief briefly. And I looked up uh, on Google, of course. That's where the smart people go. I looked up... Uh, What's the opposite of grief? Let's Google that. What is the opposite of grief? You know what came up? Joy. 
Grief is the opposite. I mean, joy is the opposite of grief. And if grief is a product of unfulfilled expectation, then I would say joy is a product of fulfilled expectation. And our expectation, it can only be full, it can only be satisfied when it's in him. And I'm telling you, if we put our expectation in the Lord, then no amount of disappointment that may come this year, because I know everybody thinks, well, it's 2021, so all the problems are going to magically disappear, right? No, no, no. 2020 problems didn't magically appear. We still had them. We just just had a different one. And I don't know what this year holds. But I know that if my expectation is in him, that no matter what disappointment comes my way, my emotions don't have to own me. I don't have to be in despair. I don't have to walk away. I don't have to quit. But I can be fulfilled in Christ. And joy is the product of my expectation being fulfilled. Somebody say joy. Somebody say joy. People, places, and circumstances may have let us down, but it can't rob our joy if our expectation is in him. You know, this is, it's so good. Y'all, the Bible is crazy because it actually says all this stuff. I've got nothing to say if there's no, if there's no scripture. Romans 5, 5, it says this, and hope, say hope. Hope Hope is confident expectation. I actually believe that this is going to happen. And hope does not disappoint. Oh my goodness. Hope, expectation in God, it does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I am telling y'all, there is no disappointment that can hold us back. If, we're, if our expectation is in him, because joy will be the product. I can have joy when all hell is breaking loose. Joy is not dependent on my circumstances. It's not dependent on a person. And thank God it's not dependent on my performance. Amen. It's in him. Amen. We can have joy. Somebody smile. Thank you, man. Joy. Man has got a good smile. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm done preaching. I'll finish preaching here. Y'all, can I do one more scripture? Yeah. It's really good. It's, it's really good scripture. It's in Nehemiah chapter 8. Where you talk about disappointed Israel. They're so, they're, they've just been in captivity for 70 years. They've been in captivity for 70 years. And they get out, they come back. And Nehemiah, he rebuilds the city. He rebuilds the walls. There's so much opposition, so much more disappointment. And finally, he gets Ezra to read, read the, the Bible out loud to everybody. I mean, everybody's just like, oh, we're such losers. We disobeyed God and we had a consequence and now we've, we've rebuilt the walls, but it's just so hard and here we are. There's only a few of us. There was only a remnant that returned. I love the remnant, y'all. And so, so, so and then, and then uh, insult to injury, Nehemiah says, let's read the Bible. <laughs> you ever read the Bible like that? You're like, oh my God thought I was bad, and then I read the Bible. And so he says, let's read the Bible. And Ezra reads the Bible, and the people start weeping, not with tears of joy. They're like, oh, we've totally messed this up. And you get to Nehemiah chapter 8. I mean, chapter 8, verse 10. 
And Nehemiah says this, do not grieve. Do not grieve. I know this isn't the way that you thought it was going to turn out. I know that this isn't, isn't what we all thought. But he says, don't grieve. Don't grieve. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Our expectation doesn't have to be in our mess-ups. It doesn't have to be in the opposition. It doesn't have to be in the difficulty. It doesn't have to be, and we thought it was going to be this way, but it's not this way. Our expectation, listen to me, guys. He, he's, he's, looking, he's looking at the walls, and he's looking at a few ragtag bunch of people, and he's saying the joy of the Lord is going to be what gets us through. And we can have joy because our expectation is in him, not what we've been through, not where we are, and not where our our vain imaginations are trying to take us. We can stay steady with him. The joy of the Lord is your strength. 2021, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And I want to declare over this year, joy. 2021 is going to be a year that joy dominates. I'm telling you that I don't care what happens. I don't care where it is. We're not going to walk around with our heads hung low. We're not going to live in disappointment, but we're going to live in a confident expectation that God is going to come through, that God is on the throne. He has not abdicated his authority. He has not gone anywhere. He's not, listen to me, Jesus is still alive and he's still in charge. And that gives me joy. Look at somebody and say joy, joy. Now, don't go tell somebody that I told you that this was going to be, the, that, that nothing's going to go wrong this year. No, no. Things are going to go wrong this year just like they went wrong every year of your life. Don't go tell somebody that nobody's going to let you down. Somebody's going to let you down this year, but it won't affect your joy. I'm telling you, the devil has robbed the joy of the church, but I'm declaring that we are taking our joy back. Tired of walking around. Hold on. I'm just, I just oh, oh yeah, it's been really rough. And the offerings, the people. I tell you, I have gone into my office and cried because of the crowd. Not this year. My expectation isn't if you come to church or not. My expectation is in Jesus so I can have joy whether you come or not. telling you I hope Rachel behaves but my expectation is not in her they think I'm joking Rachel you know I'm telling the truth she's going to do what she's going to do but I'm telling you it's not going to rob my joy and I'm going to do what I'm going to do it's not going to rob her joy because our expectation is in Jesus Nobody else died. Nobody else bled. Nobody else came to this earth. Nobody else is God. Nobody else resurrected. Only Jesus did these things. My expectation, my hope is from him. And the Bible says that he will not disappoint me. So if I'm disappointed, it's not because of him. Joy. Sharita, joy. Eloy, joy. Gracie, joy. Quentin, joy. David, joy. Ida, joy. John, joy. Somebody better say, thank you. Jeez, get tired of yelling. I haven't even drank any Topo Chico. 
joy. 2021. Joy. 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 See, joy is not an emotion. It's a place in the spirit. It comes from the Holy Spirit. It says joy in the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. It's a year of joy. I brought the praise team up here because we're going to sing a song and